Welcome to A Whole Load of Property, Business, and Mindset, a podcast bringing together like-minded people who have an interest in all things business, property investing, and personal development, no matter what stage of your journey you're at. And now, here's your host, Dan Cooper. I'm recording this, so if I do tell a joke, please laugh, because it's going on my podcast. Um, do I have a clicker? So I briefly introduced myself earlier. My name's Dan Cooper, and it's a privilege to stand up here and, and talk in front of you today. So my presentation, I've got 10 minutes, probably going to overrun. I do talk a lot, might swear a bit. So if you do get offended, I apologise in advance. I'm going to talk about how to get into property through deal packaging and at the end just talk about the benefits of having a podcast and how that's benefited my business. So do a bit of an introduction. So I'm going to ask a few questions. I'd like it to be a bit interactive. No one likes being talked at all the time. So who here knows what imposter syndrome is? Who here has ever had imposter syndrome? I don't believe you, Leighton. Um, so imposter syndrome, for those who don't know, it's when you doubt your own ability to do something and you feel like a fraud. A bit like me standing up here today, to be honest. Um, whose first time is it here at PPN tonight? Okay, that's interesting. Um, and there's a reason why I asked this question. And the reason being is I first walked into a, a, a meeting like this, one of the other ones in the area, I won't name names. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the pin, uh, pin meeting in Hull. And the reason I talk about this is because I walked in there having major imposter syndrome, saying I'm a property source, I'm a deal packager. When it boiled down to it, people said, how many properties have you sourced? You know, I just come off a course, I've never literally sourced anything. So I've had major imposter syndrome. Again, standing up here, you know, starting a podcast. Did I have enough value? Did I have enough content to actually give back to people so they can actually learn from that? So... One of the things I want to say is no matter where you are in your inverted commas journey in property, you always have transferable skills that you can draw upon. So my background was in sales, commercial, negotiation. So I've always had the ability to speak with vendors and negotiate good opportunities, which I'll talk about some of these today. So if you do feel like you have imposter syndrome, you know, try to take that out of your mind. It's, it's not an issue. Whether you know, someone said about getting the first deal, was it you that said get the first deal? It's always the hardest, but once you do it, it'll start spiralling. And, you know, it's just building up that sort of network and reputation. So if you're local or you want any advice, then reach out because it is the hardest. It took me, I think, about six months. But after that, it sort of goes from there. And who here is a deal packager, deal sourcer? Who wants to get into it? Yeah, don't blame you. <laughs> um, deals are subjective. You know, people talk about deals. What's a deal? What is a deal to me? isn't a deal to Hardy, probably definitely isn't a deal to Leighton, um, unless it's a lease option. A deal packager, property sourcer. So property sourcer is basically somebody who goes out there, an investor wants a property, they'll negotiate uh, a price and, and feed it back to the investor. So that's sort of one arm to it. A deal packager is someone who will offer a full end-to-end -end service, and, and this is my sort of take on it. So, you know, I don't profess to be a construction expert or a lettings and management expert, despite running a lettings and management company. Um, a deal packager, in my opinion, is someone who will go out there, do the beginning, find a property, negotiate, do the refurbishment, and then obviously hand it off to lettings and management so the investor can have a fully hands-off, bespoke, tailored service. Who here's used sources in the past? 
Keep your hand up if you dislike using saucers. Fair play. You know, it's one of these taboo subjects, I think, saucers. Some people absolutely slag them off because a lot of people will come off the back of a course with no experience and do people out of money. You think people are buying the biggest, you know, one of the biggest transactions of their life is buying property, 25, 30, 40, 50,000 pounds, and people part with their hard-earned cash. And when something goes wrong, it can go dramatically wrong. Um, you know, so it's important, always do your due diligence on someone and make sure that they are somebody credible. About me. So I'll talk about the beautiful people on the slide and my wife and my daughters. So there you have me, my wife Liv. You can tell I'm not from Hull with my accent. I met her in Australia in 2015. That's what brought me up here. She's from Yorkshire. Um, I ask myself every day, why am I up here? But it's, uh, it's, it's not a bad place. We came back from Australia in 2015 for a month and we're still here. So it's the longest month of my life. Um, two daughters, Mila's the eldest. She's three and a half going on 35. And Aurelia, she's almost 10 months. Element Property Solutions. So Alex, you'll know me from them days when I was Element Property Solutions. That was my first sourcing company, working with various investors. Um, going out there, all guns blazing, absolutely offering to, on every single property under the sun, not really having a, an idea or any investors. Someone said they were looking for investors. You know, always get your investors first because once you have a shopping list, you then know what to go after. It's like a bespoke service. When you know what money someone's happy to leave in, what they're looking for, is it a three bed or two bed? You can go and find that and hone in. Don't try and source everything on a blanket approach because you'll become a busy four and you won't actually get anywhere, in my opinion. Whole load of property business mindset was talking about earlier. So that's my podcast. Um, feel free to jump on there. There's various guests, uh, Channel 4 Money Coach, X, um, X-Forces, business coaches, mindset, loads of different things. Even Heidi, if you want to listen to Heidi anymore, jump on there. She talks about prisoners. Um, I used to talk to a lot, half my family are prisoners. No, they're not really, not that bad. Um, I also run a, a lettings and management company over in Hull, Cooper and Roman Property Management. So that's something I set off the back of sourcing. Try to keep all the, you know, the service, end-to-end -end sourcing, all the way through to lettings and management. But just keep the money going around in circles, basically, creating my own sort of property economy. Um, and these four walls property is what I trade under now. I don't know if many of you know someone called Jocelyn over in Hull. She sourced, I sourced, and we formed an allegiance, basically, because we were more effective pulling our resources together with investors and stock. So it's, it's been a fruitful relationship so far. So this, the presentation's about how can deal packaging help you get into um, property? I'm probably talking to a lot of people who are already in property or not even bothered about property sourcing. But the reason I got into it is I grew up, you know, saying a pretty story, South East London. Didn't have much to my name. Parents aren't, you know, not from a wealthy family. And I always, I went to a school, Dartford Grandma, it was quite an affluent school where people were, well, I'll tell you what, 17 years old, they got fucking X5s and Range Rovers for their birthday. And my parents had a little shitty wagon that I had to go run around the corner and get in because I was too embarrassed. Um, and all of these people's parents were business owners, property investors, and I saw this sort of life and I wanted to achieve that. So that's why I wanted to get into property. And how I got into sourcing was, I was chatting to my mate in the pub, all good stories start in the pub. Um, and yeah, basically having a conversation with him and say, I want to get into property. He had two buy to lets and I said, I've got no money. You know, everyone who's been on a course says you don't need money to get into property. I hadn't been on any courses. Um, 
And he said, why don't you do deal sourcing? Every time you source a property for someone, you get about two, three thousand pound. Easier said than done. Um, and that's why I got into it. But the traditional way of people getting into property through sourcing is I source 20, 30, 40, 50 deals, save the money and I'll go buy a buy to lets or use that money. I had a bit of a different experience and I'll talk on that in a minute. So that, well, I'll talk on it now, next point. How did it benefit me? So started off in deal sourcing, like I said, I never professed to be a refurbishment expert or construction expert or letting expert, but what I'm effective in doing is building relationships, networking, building rapport with people. So, you know, you're all here because you want to meet people and don't, you know, undervalue how important everyone in this room is. There's people here that have so much experience. Like Paul, we've never met before, but I know you're, you know, in construction. You know, if you want to ask any questions about construction, ask Paul. Heidi, anything to do with prisoners, arsonists, go speak to Heidi. Um, so don't, don't under... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't, don't undervalue the people in the room. Um, and property sourcing, how did it benefit me? The first deal I ever sourced was a buy refurbish for finance, and I sourced it believe it or not, through Facebook to someone I'd never met before. I then secured another couple of deals and I thought I want a piece of the pie. So I just literally drafted a four-page proposal saying, buy it off me, 3K each, each deal. The buy refurbish for, well, one was a buy refurbish for finance, one was a flip. I said, loan me the money. I think it's about 150 grand. You know, I've never even met this person. Loan me the money at 8%, I'll pay you back. Or let's JV on it and we decided to JV on it. So since September 2020, I'll show you some of, the, um, I'll show you some of the, the projects that we've done, but I got into property through using my, or building my network, forming great relationships, and finding a JV partner, which has allowed me to scale the business. She sees a lot of great benefits with me, you know, boots on the ground, going out, sourcing all of these opportunities, whilst at the same time, you know, it's building our combined portfolio. So that's how I got into property, through deal packaging. What lessons have I learned? I'll throw this back. What lessons you source? What lessons have you learned since started sourcing? It's a lot harder than it's made out to be. Yeah. Um, deals are subjective. What you think is a good deal, other people might not. Um, and it's important to put the needs of your investor first. It's the big thing. Reputation and credibility is, is key. And what about yourself? Same question. Same question that I asked. What do you think? You know, what have you learned since sourcing? I'm not, I'm not sourcing. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> I thought you was, Layton. I'll tap in. Um, for me, it's contracts. Make sure you get contracts in place when you do JVs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So you can get shareholders agreements when you sign up. Well, we went through a full legal process, paid about three grand to a solicitor, articles of association, shareholders agreements. You need to make sure you have got every what if scenario written down because. If they die, what happens? If I die, what happens? You know, if there's money left in when it wasn't supposed to be left in, what happens in that scenario? So there's so many things to cover. The thing I learned is have a clear focus on what you're trying to achieve. So when I first started, I was like, I'll source a buy to let, I'll source a HMO, I'll source a fucking walking horse shit if someone asked me for it because I just wanted to like, please everyone. And it weren't until I, I started a mentorship program, it wasn't through Progressive, through, um, through another company, that they told me, just said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I just wanted to own loads of buy-to-lets. He said, why don't you just focus on buy-to-lets and be the buy-to-let expert in your area? So always have a clear focus because once I, once I actually you know, had that avenue and channeled it, it was 
that's when I started getting the deals because I wasn't trying to find a HMO, I wasn't trying to find buy-to-lets, essays, everything else. I just had that one clear focus. So that's important. And taking action as well. There's so many courses, people go on courses and say they don't work because they spend all this money. But unless you actually implement anything and be tenacious with your approach and network, you're never going to get anywhere. So just take action. Reputation, you talked about it. Putting your investors' needs first. Effectively communicate. And, you know, every business, this applies to every business, you need to effectively communicate every single issue and every single stage of the process with your investor, with your referred team, because if there's a breakdown in communication, like I said at the beginning, people are putting their faith and trust in you with their hard-earned cash, 50, 60, 80,000 pounds, whatever it will be, and if you're not communicating with them and there's issues, that can damage your reputation. And sources don't have the best reputation as it is, so if you damage your own reputation sourcing, they say it takes 10 years to build one, five minutes to ruin one, so that's, that's an important thing. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is you don't get paid till completion day, and on average, 33 sales fall through. So you can literally start spending the money that you think is going to come in in the bank, and until that you know, contract signed and completion day, you don't lose it. I think last quarter last year, you know, you're, you're an estate agent, aren't you? Did you see the, the buyer activity dip last quarter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably lost about 20 to 30K in fees of just people pulling out and just pulling out deals. You know, and that stuff is in the pipeline, that you're going to reinvest in marketing, that you're going to reinvest in stuff. And as soon as, you know, something happens, you can lose a lot of money. So it's very transactional. So uh, try and keep your costs low. So I'll talk on some of my... What am I doing for time? Where's that my beer? There it is. So I'll talk through some of the projects. So this is the first buy to let. Um, I wish you could smell it. It's just dog piss. Um, <laughs> Many, many of your people probably walk around properties and they stink of dog piss, but this one, this was standard buy to let, we sourced, well, I sourced it, it was on with Reed's Reigns, 50k plus 6k, um, I paid 39,999, I didn't go for the agent, I just put a letter through the door one day as I walked past it, um, so they do work, nice shiny yellow letters, um, 39,999, avoid stamp duty, paid 50, uh, 500 quid towards the um, solicitor fees, that was it. Nothing special, it's not fancy, it's a standard buy to let. You know, it's only worth 65k on a refinance. Spent just under 14k on it, rented that for 495, we now get 520 on it. It's been let for two years, stable. This is my favourite project, Guiresdale. So, James, who's well, apparently I'm James Green. Um, so, James, who's usually here, this was through a referral from him. Just you know, as a sourcer, I've never ever secured a property through an estate agent. It's all been word of mouth or through people I know. Never ever have I been able to get one through an estate agent. Um, but this property, 1970s property, um, the guy who lived there was an accountant, never spent a penny on it. It's exactly how he bought it back in 1970. Did a flip. This, like I said, my favourite project. The refurb was done, SBR. Many people here will know SBR. We put our Helios in it. Um, purchased it for 65, spent 30k on it, refurb was two months, within eight days it was sale agreed at 141,000, so he made 42 grand on that in such a short space of time, and that's why it's my favourite one. South Coats, again, word of mouth, someone I met at a networking meeting, messaged me saying my cousin needs to sell his house fast, can you do it? 88k, who here, you know, in property but can, or has worked in construction or is handy with doing jobs? You probably are, yeah. Anyone else? 
I'm not Andy, my wife hates it, I put up a shelf. It takes me six months to do it. Um, I thought, I oh, don't have to do a lot to this, I'll go around, I'll do it myself. Took the tiles off the bathroom, I was doing it after work. Two weeks in after stripping four layers of wallpaper, I'd taken the tiles off, I just rang my bill and said, fucking help me out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how much is it going to cost to do the bathroom? I have no idea about plumbing, I couldn't put a fucking bath in. So I just got him round and they sorted it out. Refinance at 125, rents for 650, that's been let since, since we had it. Left about six grand in that. Yes. I have, mate, yeah. I was going to essay it. I might actually just be putting it on the market at the minute, take some money out. So if anyone wants to buy it, let us know. I've served the section 21 on the tenant, so it is vacant. Whew, commercial to residential, look, don't get me started. Right, we, so benefit of a podcast, I did a podcast with someone, he secured a big opportunity, exchange with delay completion, nine months, did the refurb in nine months, knew the owner of this, secured it, 5% uh, exchange, nine months delay completion, got the permitted development under class MA and thought, do the refurb in nine months, hunky-dory, that was the 3rd of December last year, we're two weeks into the strip out, so that's how long it's taken to get to this point. Two weeks into the strip out, turns out there's no insulation in the cavity, so we've got to put all that in, and part of the roof isn't to regs, and we've got to put a steel in, despite having the architects, full tender process, so that's obviously a big on cost for us, I'm still waiting on that, should find out Monday. This is Beercock's old head office, so for those of you who, yeah, Northgate. So we, like I said, we bought this 220 grand, the refurbs 238 plus all the costs on top, every survey under the sun, asbestos, noise, the lot, probably all in for about 540, well, probably a bit more now, once I find out the cost for the steel and that. Um, we had a red book survey and that's 700, so we probably leave about 20 to 40 grand in that. Um, and that's going to probably be 650 a month each, each apartment. But we're probably going to uh, SA two of them as well. So the good thing about sourcing is I source all of these. So all the, the juicy ones I can keep. I still send off juicy ones to my investors. So don't think, <laughs> don't think I send shit out. I, that's not true. Um, so the, this is, you know, like I said, we're only two weeks into the strip out. So nothing fancy has been done at the minute. This is the ex uh, previous plans. These are the proposed plans. So downstairs... Originally was having access through the ra uh, rear for four flats, neighbour behind, he's an arsehole, that's a story for another day. Um, four, well, all five for the front now, so we've got two apartments on each floor on the first and the ground, and then we've got one apartment on the top, so looking forward to getting this completed, to be honest. And there's me again. So I'm going to talk about on benefits of hosting a podcast. Anyone been on a podcast? Anyone run a podcast? Anyone thought about running a podcast? Anyone do YouTube videos about property investing being shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So where YouTube was in 2008, that's where like podcasting is at the minute. So you think of the accelerated growth of what's happened in YouTube and video content. That's sort of where podcasting is now. And it is, it is on a, an upward trajectory. Why did I start this? Because when I started in property, I was bit wet behind the ears, like I said, you'd ask people for, for advice and maybe they wouldn't give it to you. So I thought, you know, if I can give value back to people just starting out, I want to be able to do that. And I think that's number one, trying to help people because law of reciprocity, you, what you give out, you know, will come back to you in return. So that, building a personal brand, I want to be known as the, the property sourcer or the go-to guy in Hull. Not quite there yet. 
Um, but using my podcast, I do have people listen. I've been listened all around the world, Argentina, Malta, Qatar, UAE. I don't know who's listening to me. Um, but building that personal brand, and I've had people reach out to me and say, I've been looking at investing in Hull, I've seen your podcast, listened to your episodes, I've now sourced two deals to one guy in about three weeks who's listened to me just through the podcast. You can also monetize it, I don't have that many views or listens across my content to monetize it, but you know, hopefully some point down the road I can. Um, but the reason I'm saying about this, if you're a specialist in your area and you can give value to people in your field, start a podcast, because then your content's always out there for people to hear. So if it is something that you're thinking about, just like people who are making all these millions on YouTube, I'm not saying I'll ever get there, but all your content is there. So people will come back to you in the future, maybe two, three, five years later, listening to your content, you know, can you help me out? And, and it's another way of building your network. And you learn a lot from the guests and what you can give back to other people. Networking. It's not my slide, it's our days. Um, but listen, I appreciate you um, for all turning up and listening to me. It's my first gig, so uh, it's a privilege to talk in front of you all. So thank you very much. Um, how can you find me? Socials. What I will do is I'll pass my link tree to Heidi, because I did email her earlier saying, can you put my link, uh, QR code on the slides? But I was too late by that point. So. Yeah. Podcasts. Yeah, podcasts on Spotify, in all the usual places. Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the link. I'll you, know, uh, you know your commercial one, you convert the phone? Yes. Are you paying any business rates on that? Or? Well, I actually, uh, I actually got the, um, the relief, and then because it hasn't been running as a commercial, the bloke rang me about four weeks ago and said I was sending a bill through, so I've got about a four grand bill to pay on, pay on business rates. Just for the next year? Well, now for the fucking last year that I was supposed oh, to be refurbishing year. it, yeah. Oh, okay. um, did so you get any on it? Well, I did, and then now I've been penalised because it wasn't actually being turned to resi in the time that we intended to. I've now got the bill through. How much does someone send 18 grand last week? Yeah, yeah. Mine, fortunately, isn't that much, but um, if it was, I don't think my partner would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to a whole load of property, business, and mindset. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you like the podcast, please share it to others. In the meantime, to connect with Dan, follow him on Instagram at dancooper1992. Until next time.